0: My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through His grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 6, My Integrated Approach. So when you get diagnosed with any type of cancer, any type of disease, you have options. And I know I kind of hinted at this in the last episode, but it is almost overwhelming. It is overwhelming just dealing with the options. And one of the things I had the hardest time with was, and I still have a hard time with, I'm better at it now, but is what if I make the wrong decision? I had so many people that with the most genuine intentions were telling me, you have to do this. And then I talked to the next person and they would say, oh, you have to do this, which was the complete opposite of what the other person had just said. And I found that happening over and over again. Oh, you've got to do this treatment. Oh, you should never do that treatment. You need to do this treatment. Um, I really found it when we started going into the world of nutritionist, because from the very beginning, we knew that we just didn't want to come at this with just a medical approach where let me just say right now that my I don't believe I would be sitting here if it wasn't for the medical team that I work with and the medical advice I've received from um many different doctors. And because of their skill set and um their expertise that I'm still here. But I also don't believe that just the medicine is going to do it. You know, I believe God works through people to help you. I believe God works through my doctor. I believe God worked through my neurosurgeon that did a beautiful job of removing the tumor and the cyst. I believe he works through my oncology team that helps listen to my body and helps me listen to my body and gives me the sound advice based on their expertise You know, they listen to me. They actually take their time. And that's one of the things, if you're looking for a doctor, find someone that's listening to you and respects what you're saying, what you are comfortable and not comfortable with. Um, I'm very lucky that my team really sees me as a whole person instead of just as a patient. Like they recognize that, you know, that's why it's like when they, I get so upset when they say you are diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma. They should never put a stage on anything. They don't know me. They don't know what my history is, my medical history. You know, they don't know anything about me. So you can't just like blanketly label all of us. You know, I know people that are stage four. One of my favorite letters that I have is from a very dear woman who had stage four melanoma. And her kids were very young when she was diagnosed. And she is a very prayerful and faithful woman. And now she has five grandchildren. You know, her kids were not even teenagers yet, and were young when she was diagnosed. And then now she has five grandchildren. She was diagnosed as stage four. back when technology and med- you know, med- medical knowledge isn't what it is today. And here she is. She kept buying time and kept being faithful and putting her trust in God. And, you know, God used her doctors and her surgeons to heal her and their guidance. You know, God uses us to help others. I know I've said that before, but I cannot because sometimes we miss it because we're not looking to others. And sometimes we're too prideful to ask for help. Ask for help. Please ask for help. I'm the worst at it. I like to do things myself. And I will tell you, when I started learning this whole process of asking for help and it's not a sign of weakness, people want to help you. Let them Let them have their gifts shine too. Um. Anyway, so we had decided that we really wanted to take an integrated approach to do the medical side of it. But we also believe, you know, there's, you know a, hold on, sorry, I'm looking for the right word, but I guess there's a nutritional side of it. There's a holistic, that's the word I'm looking for, a holistic side of it. And there's most certainly a spiritual side of it. Um. So one of the first things I started doing was, because um, the number one thing that they tell you, like when you read anything with, involved with any cancer or any illness, the worst poison is stress. Hands down, no contact, no contest, stress. Stress is the worst. So we started searching for things and treatments and um and I don't want to say, I guess, strategies to make sure that my stress was under control. So we started looking into acupuncture. Um, if you have never had acupuncture, I will say you are missing out (laughs) it. And I have a fear of needles and it's something I'll talk about in another episode, but I don't care for needles all that much. Not that anybody does. I don't think I've ever met anybody. Sure. Let me go get a shot. Yeah. Take some blood out of my arm. Yeah. They love it. And yeah, no, there's nobody I've met that has been a lover of needles. And so I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, in the beginning of this journey, I had an amazing group of moms that have kids that have glioblastoma. And they were so gracious with their time and their expertise to kind of circle their wagons around me and teach me what they had learned by watching their children go through glioblastoma and other types of brain cancer. I can't even imagine, like, I can't, those women are my heroes. They really are because the in and day in and day out, like for me, I almost, I don't want to say I feel at peace, but I'm glad it happened to me because I'm an adult. I have a frontal, a developed frontal lobe. You know, I'm not like my teenage sons that, you know, are impulsive and, You know, act before they think, you know, and they can't fully process emotions where I can. And I, you know, I have, I don't have, you know, I only have 44 years on this earth, but I can see it from an adult perspective where. These kids, you know, they're just being told what to do where I get to make decisions. And I mean, I know their parents give them a level of decision making, but ultimately the parents are having to take information that are coming from a doctor and translate it so their kids can, you know, these the can understand. And these women are amazing and they rallied around me and they're like, okay, this is the doctors that we see. These are the nutritionists that we work with. Here is the acupuncturist that we love. Here's, you know, they opened up their book of knowledge that they learned through experience and shared it with me. And it was amazing. And it's one of the big reasons that I'm doing as well as I'm doing is from their guidance. And but one of the first things they told me was acupuncturist. Um my acupuncturist name is Judy and no one messes with my Judy Days. That's what we call them, Judy Days. I get to see Judy once a week and you don't mess with my Judy Day. And everybody knows that because Um if you haven't had acupuncture, acupuncture gets the needles, I will tell you, are no thicker than a strand of hair. And they use your energy. And I'm always amazed by what Judy does and how she can she knows just by, you know, putting her hands on my back. She was like, ooh, that's a bad spot. And she knows what needs healing. And the needles act as a way to balance your energy and balance out the stress points. Um, When I have, I remember after my first acupuncture session, and I was in a bad way when I started, like I was in the throes of chemo, I was an emotional disaster. Um, it, It was a rough spot when I went in. And I walked out of there and I told my husband, I told Paul, I was like, That was better than any massage I've ever gotten in my life at any spa at any time. Um, It's a centering. It's a centering of your mind. It brings you, it just kind of makes everything melt away. And you just, it's literally focusing on your breathing and relaxation. And it just brings my stress level down. And that's so important. It's just one of, that's like, you know, it's one of the big things that they say is like stress and infection are your two worst enemies when it comes to cancer. Um, It's not the cancer itself that is the threat. It's the secondary infection. It's the stress that causes your body to be under more duress than it needs to be that allows infections to come in. So... That's one of the big things. Um, we also um went through, you know, a nutritionist and we went through several. Like that's the other thing is that if you're in a situation, a health situation, don't always go with the first one you see. Maybe the first one's amazing, but it's always good to get a second opinion. But like, you know what, I really don't want to be there. The first guy's where I needed to be, or the first gals where I needed to be. Um, so we went, you know. Interviewed and spent some time with a few different nutritionists, and we found one that we're super comfortable with. That is very knowledgeable and responsive, and knows she's very um, specialized in glioblastoma, which makes it amazing for me. But like when I talk to my nutritionist, I also whatever I get from my nutritionist, I also send talk to my acupuncturist about it, and then I also talk to my oncology department about it, because we want this to be a true integrated team. And it wasn't like that someone said, okay, you need this person, this person, this person, this person. This is what I was comfortable with is and this came from hours of discussion with my husband and um, referrals from friends that and that's why I say it's like, I'm so glad we chose to face this publicly, because people come up to me and say, Hey, do you know about this? Because you know, this worked great for my aunt, or this looked great for my, my friend. And what we've been doing with this integrated approach is, when we start hearing things that are consistent from many different sources, then that's something we really look into. Like one of the things that I take to that I, um, Reiki mushrooms, we have heard that now from five different sources, that it's the immunity and the anti-inflammatory properties of mushrooms so i take those as my supplements every day now i started off on like nine supplements which i i hate pills like i hate taking pills i hate it so i'm like i gotta get this manageable because like i had a spreadsheet on in my pantry of all the different things when i took at different times in the day and i finally threw my hands up i'm like can't do it I'm done. We need to figure it out because it was providing stress in my life. It was producing stress. So that's where it was like, my husband's like, it doesn't even matter, Sarah. It doesn't matter. Do what you're comfortable with. And then I was talking again to my, to my acupuncturist about it. And she goes, you know, you're going to have a lot of supplements thrown your way. You need to do what you're comfortable with. She goes, I tell them to pick their two favorite when I'm talking to her, when she was talking to her nutritionist. So that's what I chose to do as well. Um, The other thing that I focus on for me is um, exercise. I had a nutritionist tell me, I wish I could take exercise and put it in a pill because I would be a billionaire. The benefits of exercise, it helps with blood counts. It keeps your stress level low. It releases endorphins, which is a natural chemical your body possesses that produces that brings happiness to your life. For me, I was, I've always exercised. Um, I, you know, I was a quote unquote, I just want to put that in quotes because I went to a very small, uh, school. I was a competitive athlete in high school and, in, I've always played tennis and, you know, different sports along the way. I love to run and the exercise on days I didn't exercise. Like I felt it when I was in chemo because I didn't have the energy to exercise, but I would always walk whether it was a mile or it was six miles. I'd walk as often as I could because that kept me, kept my body going because no matter what I do, you know, this rental of a body (laughs) that I have, and I call it a rental because I don't get it forever. It's going to be gone someday and I, my soul will be in heaven. But this rental needs to be taken care of because if I don't take care of it, because this is a gift too, it's a rental from God. So I need to take good care of the rental um, because the more you take care of it, the longer it lasts for you. So, and the exercise helps decrease inflammation. It just is does so many amazing things for your body. Um, the other thing that I actually struggled with was diet because that was something that kept coming up. And it's, again, one of those things that you, I hear, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this. And then someone goes, oh, why would you ever do that? You have to do this instead because this is better for these reasons. And that's one of the reasons why I lost so much weight in the beginning. Not only did I not have much of an appetite, but then I was so stressed out about eating and what I was eating. And, you know, I believe that, you know, there are a lot of toxins in food today that didn't exist when, you know my you know, our generation was was, um, growing up, you know, there's more pesticides. Um, there's more things that, you know, I mean, they tell you that they coat fruit in wax. So it looks shiny, you know, it's like, I can't imagine eating. I know it's just minute minuscule amounts, but that, you know, adds up over the course of a lifetime. So I, that's one of the things is I, I tried to do keto and I think keto is amazing. And they've seen some really great things with keto And I did that for a while and I dropped a lot of weight. Um, But then I was afraid that I dropped too much. And then I was trying to do it in the very beginning for as soon as I got diagnosed, because that was one of the things that I kept hearing, especially for brain cancer patients is keto, keto, keto. So I did. And keto, if you don't know, is um, like limiting your carb intake and sugar intake to like the goal is like 20 grams a day. And then that sends your body into a way of, instead of using carbs as energy, it uses fat as energy. And, um, I just, I did it for as long as I could. And then I was getting so stressed out about it. And like I'm like, can't eat anything. I mean, I'm Italian, you know, pasta is my jam. I love my pasta and my cheese. And I mean, I am a carboholic and bread. Oh gosh. Nice warm loaf of bread with some butter on it and some cheese and Give me some salami or prosciutto and oh my gosh, I am a happy woman. I'll take that over a slice of cake any day of the week. But um, I learned that for me, and this is my personal, from it wasn't worth the stress that was causing in my life to continue down the extreme keto path. So for me, I still eat very clean. I avoid carbs, but I don't remove them completely. Um, but everything is organic, um, as least amount of ingredients as possible in them. And if I can make it myself, I will. Um, but you know, there's, when it was causing me stress and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing more harm than good. Um, but I will tell you of everything I've talked about of our integrated approach to this, the number one most important thing that I do is pray. And I talked to God throughout the day. And I will tell you, my prayer life before this wasn't great. I mean, I would go to church every week. Um, I'd say prayers at night with my kids and my husband. And that was it. But having sitting down and having a conversation with Christ in a quiet time did not happen often. And he is the key to all of it. You know, I was seeing um, for a while, I'll call him a medist- meditation specialist, because that was the soul part. Um, some people refer to him as healers. Um, my personal belief is there's only one true healer, and that is Jesus Christ and and God. So I should say two. And if you want to throw the Holy Spirit in there, there. so I know three, (laughs) I know three, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are the healers that exist. Um, I use meditation specialist and I do. And um, he really helped me get to a place where I learned to meditate and pray in a way that made sense to me in a way that. Because not everybody has the same relationship with God. And this was just my relationship. I needed to be very conversational. If you're hearing, you know, I like to talk. And so it's, for me, I needed it to be conversational and real. And I could just say, like, I'm talking to my husband or my best friend and just be like, hey, this is what's going on. And I didn't need to censor myself. And I didn't need it to be formal. I'm like, you know, trying to remember prayers along the way. It was just like, God, this is what I'm dealing with right now. I need your help. Like in the trying not to blow up at my teenagers to go like, hey, I need you to give me patience right now. And I need you to help me breathe through this and give me the clear words that I need to get through this situation. You know, that's, I needed it to be real. And I needed to be able to say, you know what? I'm having a really hard time right now because I want to be able to see my kids live a a full life and have their own families. And I want to be a part of that. And, you know, what I've been told that that is very unlikely to happen. And I don't believe it. And that's where the faith comes in. That is the most important thing that I do is every day throughout the day, I'm in contact with God and I'm praying and I'm just saying, hey, come along with me. Hey, this is what my day looks like in the mornings. I start with a rosary because that's my form of meditation. Um, If it doesn't happen in the morning, because I've got a kid that needs to be at school by 6.54 in the morning, so our day starts at 6 a.m., um, if I'm not up before then, then there's time in the day that I sit down, shut everything out, and I say a rosary because it helps me center, and it helps me to remember and pray for people outside of me. You know, I get so, I'm so blessed to have so many people that are praying for me and for my family, and everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves to have that. So, it's okay to ask someone to pray for you. Like, you know, in that's why, like, in Catholicism, we have saints. And, you know, we pray to the saints and we pray to Mary, just like we would pray to. I would ask my friend, hey, will you pray for me right now? Because I'm struggling with this. And these are very special people that lived very godly lives that we recognize as saints like i pray to saint peregrine because saint peregrine is the patron saint of cancer and his story is that he had cancer when he was on this earth and miraculously healed from it before there was really any medical anything that even dealt with cancer and this story is known so i say hey you know i know you've been through this and i know you understand it please pray for me to help me heal from cancer so it's not that we because sometimes that's a mis, you know, Catholics are Christians, and it's sometimes um misconstrued that you know, we worship saints and we worship Mary, and that's not the case. We actually just pray to them like I pray I played it, pray to the Blessed Mother. She's Jesus's child or Jesus' mom. and she knows what it's like to be a mom and some of the struggles I have as a mom to raise my children and not lose my temper and get frustrated. I mean, I think back Mary lost Jesus. He was found in the temple like couldn't find him at 12. And there he was in the temple preaching and learning. And I think that and I'm like you know, I've lost a kid before. I couldn't find him and he thought it was funny and I was I lost him in a at a 4th of July extravaganza and it's dark. And he was four. It was horrible. It was nighttime, but we found him. And so I know that she can relate to me, but just wherever your prayer life is, it doesn't have to be formal. It's literally a conversation. And you need to spend time every day with God, telling him your fears, telling him, you know, this is what I need help with or praying for other people. That lifts me more than anything. I think that helps me is praying for other people and saying, Hey, this person needs help. And it, and it takes it off of me because if you are diagnosed with cancer, sometimes it's like so much attention is on you and people want to help you that, you know, I generally do not like to be the center of attention. I love helping other people, but I don't love a lot of times being the center of everything. I'm like, please go do your, you know, you have your own stuff you're dealing with. Let me pray for you. You know, and I appreciate the prayers. Those prayers, I will tell you, the amount of miracles and prayers we've seen answered in this last year is amazing. And I think it's because my eyes were closed to it, because I hadn't gone through this struggle that I'm currently going through. I missed so many of those signs and so many of those miracles that God was displaying, but I chose not to see them because I may not have been living the best life I could. In fact, I know I was not living the best life I could. I look forward to our next episode. Thank you for listening today. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, Graphic editor Linda Lee and musical artist and composer Adam Bioso.